Welcome to VS Voices. I'm Amanda Ducadene. Supriya Lele is a London-based designer and a member of this year's London House. In our interview, we talk about post-lockdown sentiment, being a small business owner, and what designing for the female form means to her. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm going to apologize in advance because I have a dog and she gets very jealous Mm. when I'm on anything. Other than her. Than her. Yeah. Yeah. So if I put her anywhere else, she might make a fuss. So I'm sort of trying to just... If she pops in, we'll just pause. Well, it's totally fine. And I have dogs and children, which Uh. also might come in to tell me that somebody needs something. So... If that happens, please excuse me. Fine. All right. Let's go. So I'm so curious to learn more about you and about your experience with this VS project that you've been working on. I obviously researched you and your work, and I feel like your designs really resonated with women post-lockdown. What about the current moment do you think you're responding to with your work? I think, you know, we were all kind of locked away for two years. So I think that now people are more kind of inclined to want to go out, be seen, I think, express themselves maybe more than when we were all kind of at home in sweatpants, maybe. So I think that perhaps that sort of sense of going out or celebration or exploring yourself in a way, I think that's probably why my work has had more resonance So, although I quite like the idea of wearing one of your outfits to the supermarket, (laughs) I do think that could also be a fun experience. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could start. The thing is, I tried to make pieces that can be quite versatile in there. Although they look very, they look very, they are like very like sheer or skeletal in their sort of aesthetic. You can really mix and match how you wear them. I think it just depends. You know, I have friends that wear them wear pieces of mine that would be quite colorful or sheer, but they'll put a t-shirt underneath it and wear it over jeans or something. Exactly. And you can kind of like downplay and mix it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's how I would do it to the supermarket. That's how you would do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. totally. So as a woman who started my career in the UK. Yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious how you would describe the current climate for creatives in the UK. Well, speaking specifically about London, obviously, because that's where I'm based. I feel that London's always had a sort of very much an open vibrancy and a sort of openness to emerging talents and creatives. Obviously, economically, that's very challenging right now because we're in, in a recession and, and it's an expensive city to live in. But there are so many kind of amazing platforms that you can showcase your work within this city, especially within fashion. There are so many like emerging schemes for designers and platforms that way. And what sort of obstacles have you experienced with being a creative, having a career, Mm. I guess, out of London? You know, just having a small business is so difficult. Yeah. And I set my brand up pretty much straight out of my master's course. And I kind of didn't really anticipate, you know, I I had no idea really how how hard that was going to be. You can't know until you do it. No. You're like, I'm a designer. And then suddenly you're you're like running a business and everything that goes with that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm also an accountant and I'm also a CEO. Oh, and I'm also HR. Yes, I know. Right. It's a whole skill set that you just didn't know you needed. So I want to talk a little bit about your upbringing because I love reading about your 
mom and how you've taken inspiration from her relationship to Mm. fashion. When you look at your childhood, what are some of your early exposures to fashion? Well, my mum says that I was always really, really opinionated uh, about clothing, basically from when I was like three. She would take me to Marks and Spencers and I would be really, really specific about what I wanted to find and what I'd be looking for. And she would be like, that doesn't actually exist. And I'd be like, right, well, I need I need those. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I'm actually really, really funny about it. So I guess I was always very like interested in clothes. My parents were also very interested in clothes. So the kind of conversations at home about dress were quite important. I think obviously because they had moved over from India, my dad in the late 70s and then my mum in the 80s. I guess that that sense of assimilation and belonging comes from you know an identity really comes from what you wear especially back then pre-internet you know and so I I, you know my mum would always talk about how you know they're both I come from a medical family so you know they were dressed very smart basically all the time my dad was super into like Savile Row tailoring and and all of this sort of stuff so we'd have those conversations and then myself I was always quite you know I guess I've always been interested in music and sort of subcultural references, I guess. I'd have lots of friends who skated or did this or that and were in bands. And I would, back then, again, before the internet, I, well, just at the beginning of that sort of point of the internet, maybe. Isn't that crazy that we can talk about pre-internet? Pre-internet. And, you know, I would do all my research. I would be into like a specific type of music or genre of music or kind of subculture. And I would buy every magazine going that was related to it. And I would like look at what everyone was wearing and I would go and I would like make those looks from like different shops. I would style myself accordingly. And then you would have your sort of tribe of friends oh it sounds so fun I'm feeling like a longing and a sadness <laughs> that doesn't Me doesn't too. work in the same way anymore it's not the same and like now you can go into what I find crazy is you can go into any shop and you can buy any sort of like look yeah which I find really weird like but actually at that time I was researching and I didn't realize but I was like okay I'm really into like punk or I'm really into goth and a bit of this and a bit of that and I would go and like buy like a specific piece and mix it with that you put your looks together yourself you didn't buy a whole outfit at one shop no and you'd be like okay maybe I want to wear this like sheer dress and I'll layer it with this thing and like I would like play around and I I feel like that's what made you sort of feel like part of something again and it kind of gives your sense of identity definitely so I guess those are my first sort of memories of being interested in clothes and fashion and you know understanding the way that that could sort of define you and I guess also thinking back feeling different always you know I always felt obviously I'm Indian I was growing up in the Midlands in England I always felt different but then I was like well why not just be really I was always into different stuff anyway so I just was always like leaned into it massively yeah yeah what was your relationship like to India when you were a teenager because were you as interested and inspired by your culture as you are today I think I didn't actually understand how I was feeling about it I would go because we went to visit family and I would always go and I would always collect things bring things back like weird shoes or clothes or some random things bring them back to the UK 
as a child, I didn't enjoy going to India. I think that I found it so overwhelming because again, it was just like, you know, I would leave home, UK, I would be in this country that was like so hectic, so different. You know, I had relatively quite quiet home life. And then I'd suddenly be like in this country that was sweaty, noisy, colorful, chaotic, surrounded by all these family members that I didn't know. And I would just be sort of overwhelmed and find the whole thing quite strange. And it was just a big culture shock, essentially. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds like, it, I mean, it is, it is such a, a huge yeah. difference in culture. Yeah. Do you think yeah. the experience of Indian women in the UK has changed over the years? You know, I went to Mumbai recently. I haven't been to Mumbai maybe since I was 12. And I went for a work trip. And there's so much happening there creatively. Hmm. And there's so many amazing women doing amazing things there. Great designers, great artists, kind of like it's happening. And I think that in that sense, I, you know, that was also weird for me because I'm not used, I, you know, I'm used to going to India to visit my family. And then I really felt like quite a tourist in that context, you mm. know, because I was like, wow, like Mumbai's really, it's really happening here. <laughs> what do you think shifted? What, what do you think expanded there? I think there's just a lot of amazing creativity coming out of India at the moment. Mm. I think, you know, I've been a few times for work in the last few years. I shot a few campaigns over there. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that because you did shoot a campaign there in 2019, was it? An yeah. autumn winter campaign. Why did you choose to do that? Well, my second campaign was a book project I did with a photographer called Jamie Hawksworth. Who's wonderful. He's incredible. Yeah, I love his work. Oh, I'll send you a book. Oh, please. I would love that. Thank you. Of course. And we shot my Spring Summer 20 collection in my father's hometown. And then we did a kind of photography project off that as well. I made a book. And then we did another campaign, but I did that with an Indian fine art photographer called Sora Pura. And that was in Goa with that particular campaign. And that was for Spring Summer 23. We felt as though we wanted to go back to India and revisit this concept. But with the project with Jamie was quite... Because my, my dad passed away when I was 20. So when we were visiting that town, you know, it was quite a romantic sort of nostalgic feeling project. And we knew that we wanted to go back to India, but we felt like we wanted to sort of show another aspect and we wanted to do something a bit more raw. So in terms of that's kind of how that project came about in Goa and it was shot at night in the sea. Oh, wow. How do yeah, I see that? It's, it's very cool. It's like, because Sorab's work is very much, you know, it's documentary and it's fine art photography. He's got this amazing book called The Coast. Hmm. It's so good. We were really looking at that as the kind of main reference point. So kind of slotted my work into his world, which I thought was really interesting. And again, working with an Indian photographer is really, really cool. And it sounds like if his work is very reportage and raw with your design, that would be a really interesting mix to put together. Yeah, you know, like lots of flash at night and the colours really sort of like sang. Um, it, was quite, it was quite cool. You said in an interview that you design for a broad range of people yeah. and that there are some kind of signature codes that people really want to follow. Can you talk a little bit more about what those design details are? And what does that mean when you say you design for a wide range of people? Yeah, so basically a lot of what my brand is sort of known for is its use of draping, pretty much, in terms of the silhouette. My design point of view is very much about this culture clash of 
mixing Indian reference points of silhouette with drape, color cut, um, and juxtaposing them with sort of Western subcultural references or more Westernized clothing references or recognizable clothing references. But draping is the sort of thing that I'm extremely passionate about and I love to do. When I said that I design for a broad range of women or people, it's because most of my drape and most of my fabrics are stretch, even though they don't look like it. For example, if you think about the versatility of a sari, it's like a big square of fabric. It can be worn in so many different ways. Although my dresses are sometimes set, there are kind of adjustable components to them. So they can be adjusted how you like to the wearer's body. So you kind of have flexibility within the fabric of movement, of shape. If your body changes, it works very much with your body. But then you also have these kind of moments where you can like change them to how you like. Gosh, you and Donna Karen would have a great conversation because she's all about draping and yeah, out, yeah. I mean, that's. I just have, I just got a vintage Donna Karen dress actually. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's her thing. You also made a really serious effort to bring women of all sizes into your show. Yes. And ensuring that your designs can move and work for women of all sizes. Why is that's something that was important to you? I think it's really important to showcase diverse shape, diverse casting, diverse, because, you know, that's life. That's reflective of today. And that is literally life. But it was, you know, it was important to me to show that the designs work on all shapes of all body types. And also because I feel, you know, I felt as well that not only is that just my own personal preference, but it's also the way that BS is moving. How it's operating now is is we're showcasing real women like in that respect, you know? And that was kind of important to me. And I wanted to make sure that it was it was a really great casting for that reason. Yeah. Well, okay, let's talk a little bit about VS. You were asked by them to create a collection that was inspired by the female form. Yes. What did you visualize when you heard that brief? I felt like there was an obvious synergy because obviously my work is really fundamentally based in that kind of way of thinking. So I was initially just sort of like, well, okay, this is perfect. We can work with a lot of the similar sort of reference points that I naturally would be drawn to for my own projects, but we can sort of amplify it in another way. Obviously, it's a smaller collection than what I would naturally do with my own brand. I just thought, okay, well, how do we sort of max this out? How do we sort of make this really, really strong? Because it's 11 looks. We have to like make this like visually really tight. How many do you normally have in a collection? Sometimes like 22, 23 looks. I I do smaller, my collections are small, but obviously it's half the size of what I would normally do. Got it. I was looking at kind of ancient Indian sculpture. Basically, Mm. I was looking at these old sculptural images of goddesses, of female figures and we were looking at these like beautiful like stone classical sculpture mm-hmm. and like I was looking at old Mughal paintings and then I was looking at sort of 90s references and I was sort of bringing them together like what 90s references oh gosh I've got like some I mean so many things I was looking at sort of old some old McQueen I was looking at like I've got like pictures of like Stella Tennant in a bikini in a pool you know like just good, powerful women and great imagery. Oh, I'd love to see your mood board. Oh, yeah, we can send it to you. It's huge. I'd love it's to see that. Massive, massive, massive. Who were some of the women 
from that era that inspire you? You mentioned Stella Tennant. Stella Tennant was amazing. Yeah. Obviously, Kate Moss. I mean, it was just, it was just like there's so many amazing people like Chloe Sevigny. There's just amazing, amazing women. Oh, yeah. Look, I, that was, yeah. That's the time. <laughs> That's the time. It was definitely a lot of fun. And I mean, the thing is, though, there's so much amazing imagery from that time. It's before there was social media and there was a lot more freedom to, you didn't worry about expressing yourself with what you were wearing or what you were doing or saying because everything was punk. It wasn't going anywhere. It was just, yeah. everyone was, it was staying in the room so that you could exactly. take a lot more risk as opposed to now. It's like, oh, this is going to be documented and shared no matter what yeah. I do or say or put on by somebody. People don't take risks in the same way because they know no. it's going to last forever. Exactly. And I think that was, that's like the beauty of that time. And obviously I was growing up, I was young, like I was, you know, I was born in 1987. So when I was influenced so much by that time, because that's what I grew up seeing. I grew up seeing that sort of freedom and that sort of punk attitude in so many people. And it wasn't just if you dress like a punk, like everyone was sort of... No, it was an energy. It was just a thing. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, working with an amazing stylist on this project Camilla and she's like legendary legendary 90s you know yeah. it was just it was just brilliant and so many yeah, it was really funny because obviously some of my some of my favorite editorials from that time styled by her so she just kind of understood the vision quite quickly as well what I was trying to do but I'd love to show you the mood board yeah it's, it's great it's massive I would love to see it how was that working with a stylist that you had so much respect for Honestly, it was amazing. I got so much from that collaboration. It was amazing. I was so excited when I found out that she was going to be involved. It was just really great. I really, really Mm. enjoyed it. Yeah. What do you hope people will take away from seeing this collection that you've designed for VS? Well, I hope they'll love it as much as I do because it's really good. (laughs) I think it's, it's so beautiful. I think that it, when it all came together, at the end, it was just, it was just perfect. It was really, it gave me goosebumps. It was, mm. I was really, really happy with it. And I hope that people love it and think that it looks effortless and natural because, you know, each look was so super fitted to each woman. I almost envisaged, and this is kind of how I think even with my, you know, with my own collections that I could imagine the woman wearing that look, you know, if she's mm. going out or going to dinner or something. And I, I felt like every single look was just perfect for every single person within that lineup. It kind of felt seamless in a way. It sounds like the experience has been a really good one for you. I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, I really, really loved it. It was really fun. It was really good. What were some of the highlight moments for you that really stick out with this process? Honestly, seeing the show, doing the filming. It was just, I still am coming down from that moment. That was extremely amazing. I can't really articulate how amazing that was, really. Can you describe a little bit about what listeners will be seeing when they watch this? Yeah. So, I mean, it was filmed in this amazing space uh, in Barcelona, a sculptor's home. It was very kind of like sparse, minimal, concrete. With my show, the women were walking through water. And the cinematography and the lighting was just amazing. It was very cinematic, quite moody, I would say. And I think the use of light was really special. The creative directors wanted to sort of work with 
light, so from day to night, and it was shot from sort of three different angles. It's quite amazing. Yeah. Well, people are really curious about how VS is reimagining their historic show. And so I think people are very curious about what's been done and what they're going to see. Exactly. I think, I mean, I, I can only speak for the kind of component of my show as I was there for that filming. Um, I think it was extremely sophisticated. So I'm looking forward to seeing it all together, actually. Well, thank you so much for your time. I am so excited to see what you've done and really look forward to seeing the end result. Thank you so much. Me too. You have been listening to VS Voices, the official companion podcast to the VS World Tour. My thanks to today's guest. And if you love our show, please comment, like, and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And as always, you can join me, Amanda Decadene, on Instagram. VS Voices is part of Victoria's Secret's ongoing commitment to creating positive change for women. Together, we are amplifying the voices and perspectives of women from all backgrounds. And please remember that sharing stories brings us closer together. Thank you for listening.